Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is Cheltenham Trials Weekend on Saturday. The cracking card as well, a bit closer to us, the Sky Bet at Donny. We had a brilliant bit of action last weekend as well, obviously, with the clash between Shishkin and Ernagomen at Ascot. More importantly, though, Yalarenke won his third Portland Cup up the best horse in training. Jim, I, I know people moan about saying, you know, Christmas till. Christmas till March is shite in the national hunt season. Last weekend proved there's so much actually to get stuck into if if things drop right. And, you know, even away from what I've already mentioned, Royal Pagai, Tommy's Oscar, John Bon, who I think deserves a fair amount of credit for winning a race that really, I don't think, suited him as well at the weekend. Lots to be nice about. Yeah, an absolute cracking weekend last week. Uh, Maxwell winning the race early on. That was that gave me one of the biggest thrills, uh, and my next best then bolting in at Ascot. Your nap winning at Ascot, uh, and then Shishkin versus Anergamine in one of the greatest tussles of that I've ever seen in, in racing, and it was absolutely unreal. And and Ascot and Haydock both delivered some cracking races. The Peter Marsh almost just got slid under the carpet a bit, but Royal Pagai. Uh, scrapping in that was was one of a great race as well, and um, hopefully this weekend can bring something very similar. But last week was was one I'll, I'll certainly remember for a while. It, it was a, a great weekend for racing, and like you said, this Christmas between Christmas and now um, is normally a, a dull time. But that certainly wasn't dull last weekend. No, ab- absolutely exceptional. Uh... All round, just one of them where you were, where you, where I'd have loved to have been glued to my screen and not watching town get beat away at Maidenhead. Uh, <laughs> luckily I'm, I'm, I'm staying at home this weekend to watch Cheltenham. Uh, we're not gonna go into much depth about the first race on the card, the handicap hurdle over two miles. We don't have prices for it yet. Uh, lively citizen though there who was a winning nap for Matt Rennie on the podcast uh, earlier in the season. He's, bidding to enhance his fine record at the track. Uh, do you want to talk about the Triumph Hurdle trial, though, Jim? Because there might be a couple of nice ones in this, the 12-15. Definitely, I do. Prices then currently are Pied Piper, 13-8, to Favre, Isio at 2s, 9-2, Intern to Civil at 8s, Forever William, 11s, Bar then. Uh, Jim Pied Piper coming over from Ireland, uh, Taking on Isio, who was very, very impressive last time out. Very much so. And Pied Piper, um, he's heading the heading the market. And I'm surprised that he's just edged over Isio. Because as much as Pied Piper was impressive on debut, I think uh, Isio was a lot classier and a lot smoother the way he went through his race. Pied Piper on the flat with John Golston uh, was a very nice horse. And I, I thought that, um, I thought maybe going two-mile juvenile hurdling with him sometimes questioned his, his gameness to win and under pressure if he really wanted it. But uh, at, at Punchestown last time, beating Verborn, uh, he put his head down, dominated from the front. Some A little mistake, three out, but nothing put him off. And he, he carried on galloping through the line. Um, I want to see him do it again, and I'll probably be looking to take Pied Piper on as much as I respect him. Um, I don't know what price he is for the Triumph Hurdle. But I'd expect it'll shorten substantially after this. Uh, but Pied Piper's a nice horse, and I, I feel like there's some more interesting angles coming from the English side in this. Um, ICO, of course, will head the top of that list. Absolute effortless performance at Kempton. Um, very, very keen early on, travelled into the race and just kept drawing clearer and clearer and clearer. Uh, the third has run a nice race last weekend at Ascot behind Dr. Parnassus. Um, and I mean, ICO, I'd have favourite on the books, and at the moment, I think two to one's a fair, more than fair price. Um, it turned to civil as a horse, I also like as well, and it'll be interesting to see um, where they might go with him. Because um, Arthur Marker 1 3 1, I, I think that's something that could be exploited further on in the season, probably the Boodles at Cheltenham, um, because I really like what he did. Last time at, at Cheltenham over the course and distance, beating York, Sea Galar, Twilight, Twilight Twist, Message Personnel, all horses who have run really good races in behind. Um, York, Sea Galar have come out and won since. 
Uh, message personnel not as good today, but I think he possibly bumped into one. So I think there's a there's a nice race to be won with a turn to Sivilla, so I certainly wouldn't rule him out. And the other one I'd just like to mention quickly is Silver Shade. Um, on the flat for Mark Johnson, changed to Milton Harris, who's been in flying hot form this year, and everything he touches turns to gold. Uh, won a nice race at Kempton beating Cuban Cigar, um, who Richard Hannon's been talking highly of uh, in the last couple of days. Um, jumped really well, stayed on really well, and, and is, is a horse who I think Milton Harris will have a fair amount of fun with. Um, but I think the two English ICO and in turn De Sivilla, uh, are the two I'd rather have over the favourite at Pied Piper at the minute. Yeah, I agree. I'm back to ICO. Uh, just thought twos was too big. He's probably the best British juvenile at the minute, is he not? I'd, I'd struggle to see anything better than him. Um, only the Milton Harris Knight salute, is it? He's the only one that I'd I'd go because he's got the form in the book. But ICO was effortless on debut. Yeah, and you'd expect to kind of to be... And no dig at Knight salute, who's a really, really likeable horse. But you'd kind of expect ICO to have a greater amount of, ten, of potential to improve on what he's done already. Pied Piper isn't a mug, obviously. Half-decent flat horse and turned over a, a, a Mullins and Ritchie hot pot uh, at Punchestown on New Year's Eve, but so striking was the impression ICO created at Kempton over Christmas that I think he should be a he should be favourite. Time form range, you have him £9 clear. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that, that, that's, that goes to say, you know, just kind of how highly, how highly we, we, we rate him, and I, I, look, I think two twenty is a backable price for this horse. I think he's potentially very good. Yeah. Moving on then to the next, which is at one twenty, the time form novices handicap chase. Competitive. This used to be a good little trial for the. Uh, for the centenary or whatever whatever they'd call it, the race at the festival that we all miss and should exist instead of the Fed Winter. Uh, solo, and when you're ready, a 9-2 to two, Imperial Alcazar, 5s, same price, Java Point, 11-2, Gobblehill, 6 as Oscar Elite and your darling, and 13-2, Beakstown. <sighs> Barely anything separating the whole field, really, here in the betting gym. Do you have a strong opinion? Nothing particularly strong, but uh, uh, like you said, the markets can't choose what, what to go where. And uh, a lot of these horses ran nice races last time. Um, Solo's been running consistently over fences in, in, in better company. Um, and your darling ran a cracker on Boxing Day behind Jackamar. Um, uh, Goalil was fortunate to win the other week at Newbury. Uh, an Imperial Alcazar had excellent hurdle form and has been possibly slightly underwhelming in his first two starts over fences. Um, but into a handicap here, uh, I'd be more positive of seeing him uh, being competitive. Um, Java Point, I, I really like what he did last time. He, he jumped really, really well and stayed on really strongly uh, to beat Isolate, who's a, who's a solid, solid enough type. Um, and Oscar Elite, who's a horse who I cracking... Um, Cracking stain hurdle form last year at Cheltenham and Aintree and p- come to Cheltenham first time out of fences and looking like he was going to be there or thereabouts and fell with three to go and uh, was disappointing over over at Huntingdon where the ground was probably just a little bit too quick for him. Um, and then not, not a bad effort in the dipper. So I, I think he's a horse who can, into a handicap, I think he'll, he'll be there or thereabouts and very competitive. Uh, I like Oscar Elite, Jim, and I've backed him. And I, I, I think that's a fair point because I don't think it'll be sixes on the day. I, I think it might get a fair amount of support. One three seven could just be so lenient for this horse. You know, I, I don't think they were, the staying hurdling crop last season was particularly vintage. I think the Sefty was probably a stronger race than the Albert Bartlett, but Oscar Elite was placed in both. Uh, probably looked the likeliest winner on his chasing debut when he came down in that race three under through five one. And last time in the Dipper, he broke a blood vessel. Uh, wasn't, you know, it was at a time as well where the, uh, I guess the Tizad horses weren't quite at their best, but they're on the way back again now, you know, the yard's firing well again. And I just kind of think, 
Sixes is too big. To me, he looks like the horse who could be most underestimated by his mark in this. I think if you want to view his last one negatively, I think there's a viable excuse for it. He looked... You know, his chasing, his chasing debut, had he stayed up, he'd have ran to what? Mid-140s. He was that good over hurdles. Uh, yeah, I know he's a forest day, but you know, he'll want three miles plus in time. But given how well handicapped I think he is, I don't think that will make loads of difference. Uh, he might be in my nap comp. Ooh, there's going to be some big swings this week. I like him a lot, Jim. I, I, I don't, I don't really have anything against anything else in the field. I like Imperial Alcazar. Uh, don't think he jumped particularly well last time out. Solo is summed up by his mark, is he not? Uh, and and the others, I guess, you know, we're all, we're all getting fair amounts of weight. Of everything else, uh, I can't have Beach Town. When you're ready, he didn't run poorly in a decent race behind Golden Whiskey last time. This is another step up, though. Yeah, it's same with Java Point. You know, won last time out, but this is another step up. Your darling might have bumped into one when he was third to Jack and Mar last time out. That that form could could really well, but again, he's a bridal merchant, isn't he? An Not your darling. Your darling is an absolute bridal merchant. Do you think? Watch all, watch, watch all his finish. Watch all of your darling's finishes back, Jim. Compared to how well he travels, what he finds. Ooh, I thought he off the bridle. I thought he found more than usual last time. Um, travelled like the winner, but of course, Jackamar's. I'd say Jackamar's more of a bridle merchant. Travel, travelled like the winner, but didn't win. That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, go a little was spawny when he won last time out. I mean, look, he, he, he got the job done. I, I'm not, I'm not massively against anything, but I am just quite pro Oscar Elite, and it'll be interesting to see if he wins this, which I hope he will. Where he'll rock up at Cheltenham, possibly Ultima. At the minute, I'm sending everything to the Ultima. <laughs> what was the race a few years ago that I sent everything to? Was it the was it the Albert Bartlett? Oh, think I think that. so. Yeah. I think now times have changed and it send everything to the ultimate. Lewis will be back in about forty runners. Well, there won't be forty runners, but uh, as many runners as possible for the ultimate. We won't have to if they brought the novice handicap back, but <laughs> you know, Oscar Elite for me though, mate. Yeah, I think I, I, I'd be in agreement. <laughs> We've agreed on both things so far. That's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> this is really not like us. No, it's horrible. Uh, the 155 is a Paddy Power Cheltenham Countdown podcast handicap chase, grade three, over two and a half miles. Magic Saint is forced to beat Farinet at nine to two. Galahad Quest at fives. Good old Watmore, who was a horse I really liked a couple of seasons ago. He's been off since the rehearsal chase of last year. Uh, he's 15 to two. Same price, cool Cody. He's a proper boy, isn't he? Uh, Jackamar and Eden Dehoe, 12s, 14s. Spirit of the Games, Torn and Frayed, 16s. Caesar Supermark and 28 to 1. Gaelic Coast. I find this tricky, Jim. Yeah, I think tricky certainly the word. There's a, there's a few horses who have bumped into each other a fair few times. Um, a horse who I'm a little bit off a cliff with and, and keep putting up to run big races is Galahad Quest. Um, I fancied him for the Paddy Power Gold Cup. I fancied him to run well at Aintree in that handicap chase, and he didn't didn't run too badly on New Year's Day in that chase. His jumping lets him down a hell of a lot, um, and if he just gets in a rhythm one time, I'm sure there's a there's a nice two mile four handicap win in him. Um, won at Haydock last year, beating Maroon and Farinay, and Farinay is back here again uh, after winning at Sandown last time, and, and sort of jumped his his riders into submission and. Uh, a really impressive performance and the return to Cheltenham would be a slight worry for me I know uh, I've read that Venetia Williams is probably using that as a prep um, at one stage to, to back at Sandown um, 
but I, I, I wouldn't be all, all sold on Faraday just yet. Um, I thought that was a, a, a poor, poorish race last time. Uh, and this is another step up and, and would have to again. Tommy Buckley's been used to take five off, off the back of Magic, off Magic Saint, uh, who was in front of Gallard Quest last time. Um, a, a very good five pound claimer who's, Weight will certainly do him a lot of justice, and uh, he knows his way around Cheltenham. And I'm sure that Magic Saint will, will, will give his running. Uh, and a horse that I also like a bit bigger of a price, who um, who's into into a handicap here is Torn and Freed. Um, nice, decent hurdle form early on his career, all a bit at a lower level, um, but has been running consistently behind nice horses such as My Drogo, Favois, uh, Annual Invictus. Um, and I think that there is there's a nice race to be won won with him enough a mark of one three one it's it's sliding down uh, was one three three early on in the season after pulling up at Haydock behind mint condition in in an absolute stamina slog uh, I think back down to two four around Cheltenham um, I think will suit him a little bit more and he's a horse who I, who I like and I think there's a nice handicap in. Yeah, I can see that completely, Jim, and I, I'd agree that Torn and Fred is somewhat overpriced. Uh, I bat Farinay. I just think Miss Lucy Turner's £7 claim, I. And I, I know she's replacing, you know, the finest jockey in this country in Charlie Deutsch, but. 130 for the horse being this, progr- this progressive. It's just going to be a steal, isn't it? I, I get what you were saying about him not running well at Cheltenham in his reappearance, but that was, like you said, first time out. I'm happy enough in to forgive a horse running a little bit below form in what was a very competitive race against horses who, by and large, had had fitness on their side. Uh, he showed, you know, that, that he'd... He was at least as good this season when he won last time out. The Sandown race he won at the back end of last season is probably ended turning out to be a half decent race, beating up the straight, who's a you know a very very reasonable yardstick. Lust for glory, even though she's gone absolutely sour this season, had won her start before that. So I think that form reads well. The way I see it, pretty much, is he's he's won two. Up to standard class three handicaps, pretty much. And he's, he's well, he's racing off a lower weight here. Yeah, but he's in better company. But I don't, I don't, I don't think that will make too much of a difference to him because both times he's looked like he'd be capable to to cope with the step up. You know, well, the ground be a worry for you as well. If it currently registered good, um, he's a horse who, if you're looking. Back to his past form, he's got form on heavy ground in France. Um, it was soft uh, at Sandown the two times he's run. If it was just a little bit good to soft, I don't think it would be seen to his best effect. That's a fair comment. That's a fair comment. But again, he's not been, he's not had the chance to prove he can yet. You know, if if it was enough of a worry, to me, I, I'm kind of of the opinion that I will always happily give it a go unless I can't think of a reason specific to the horse why they wouldn't and I also kind of guess that well I also kind of think that like and not everyone might think in this way but if it was enough of an issue for him Venetia would put Venetia wouldn't run him you know what I mean yeah that that, that, that's kind of how I think it so look if if he acts like a dog on on good ground and coupled with the fact that he didn't, he wasn't seen to best effect at Cheltenham on good to soft earlier in the season. That'd be when I'd kind of see a pattern there. But until until I see see something that can convince me a bit more that he won't be uh, as effective on on quick ground, then I'd, I'd be happy enough to to at least roll the dice with it, as I would be for as I would be with every horse. To be fair, you know that that's just kind of the way I. I, I see things uh, don't matter to me as much as it does to other people, I guess. Uh, anything else you'd give a shout out to? I, like you said, Jackamar is up to 133 following his win last time out. I don't think that's 
a particularly harsh mark. I like what Morby's got a right job on to win this one. I think he's short enough in the betting off such a long absence. Magic saying doesn't want this trip, does he? Cool Cody hanging the weights, but generally you know what you get with him. So he might not be the worst worst bet of the year. He's, he's not a poor price either. And Spirit of the Games, who's generally been hurdling recently, is he not? Yes, he has. He he just runs solid races in, in, in types like this, but he's generally opposable for win purposes. Yeah, agreed. Cool Cody's a, an absolute legend and loves these sort of two half four handicaps, runs consistently every time and because um, they're likewise about spirit of the games over the years. Uh, an interesting race and, and difficult to put a hand in. Um, but the two for me will be Galahad Quest just purely because I'm well and truly off the cliff and torn and frayed at the bigger price. Yeah, fair enough, mate. I can take that. Moving on then to the 2.30, which is the Paddy Power Cotswold Chase. Obviously, a, a well-known Gold Cup trial. And they currently bet shade of odds on 10 to 11. Chantry House to be simply the bets at 100 to 30. I write at fours, Santini at 10s and Corto Rico at 66 to 1. <sighs> You're like me, Jim, you're not a big Chantry House fan, but do you want to get him beat here? I don't think he will get beat here. I aren't a fan of Chantry House, and it keeps happening that he's, he was well punted on Boxing Day to win the King George. Keeps winning Mickey Mouse races and then comes to the big time, and he's normally found out. Well, he was found out for the first time properly last time. Um, I, I'm, I'm not all sold on him, but I think in this race against some handicappers and some slow handicappers um, I think he should have what it takes to win this I, I, I think this is a, a nice race for Nicky to use to step it onto the Gold Cup if he if he thinks he was a, uh, thinks he's a Gold Cup horse and, um, I, I, I like Chantry House for races like this but in grade one company I don't think he's, he's that quality animal I put it to you Jim that he would need to produce a career best to be both simply the best and I right, and he's never beaten a horse as good as either of them. Well, uh, I'm sure that it's in there because there's a lot of lot of horses he's beat before, and 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 good horses as well. Um, but I think I right into this company off um, off level weights. I think he'll struggle. Um, simply the bets he's getting the weight here and. Um, I'm not all sold that Simply the Bets wants three mile one, but um, might as well give it a go here. He's tried it before, didn't he, at Aintree, and uh, he was well beaten behind Protector at. So I'm not sold that Simply the Bets will want this distance. I, I genuinely, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't rule Santini completely out as much as I, my hatred, well, I wouldn't say hatred, because I don't hate him. He's a good laugh. But, <laughs> like... As much as he is a bit of a boat, I didn't think that run last time at Cheltenham was that bad. Um, I know he finished fourth and was beaten 41 lengths, but he, he travelled into the race all right. He, he was his typical self, got his armbands on and started paddling around uh, and plodded on. And In a race where stamina might be needed here, I think I, I don't think he's a daft price at 10 to 1. And... I can't believe I'm I'm talking myself into this, but I I, I don't think Santini's a bad price to be back. I, I think I'd rather back Santini at ten than I write and simply the bets at shorter. Um, and for forecast purposes, I'll probably put him second and have Chantry House and the Santini forecast. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Um, you see, he's got the entry in the stairs hurdle and the Gold Cup uh, after this afternoon. I, I I'd chuck him in to the stairs hurdle with Champ and see what happens. I'm just kind of waiting for Ant and Dex to jump out of my house somewhere. I'm sure I just heard James Watson say Shantry House and Santini forecast. You definitely heard me right. And New Year, new me and all this. And um, <laughs> maybe maybe Santini has uh, taken a pinch of that stuff. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's, I mean, he's not going to turn into a five furlong sprinter, is he? But <laughs> I feel like in a race as poor as this, he's not exactly out of it. Um, 
<laughs> Chantry House is a good horse, but not good enough to be competitive at a high level. Um, he'll probably win, and Santini will just plod on around um, like the good old boat he is and finish second. And if he does, I will be forever grateful, and everything I've ever said about him will be brushed under the carpet. I know it's, I know it's not exactly what you said, Jim, but just, just the thought of a... Just the thought of a case being made for a racehorse on the basis of they might think new year, new me. <laughs> forever looking into different way. angles to winning races for the podcast listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, I completely disagree with you. Well, not completely, because I, I, I was more impressed with Santini last time than I was at anything he did last season. Uh, but I still don't think he's he's good enough to win this. And I want to take Shantry House on because I don't. I think this is still by far the best race. Well, obviously running the King George in that, but and he went off favourite for that. But this is <laughs> another step up, you know. This is another step up on what he's achieved. This will be the best race he's won if he wins it. Simply the best. I think he'll stay three miles. But I just think the most solid option in in here is I right, who. He's so consistent. His handicap form is as, is about as strong as it gets. You, you know what you're going to get from him. Uh, I just think there's so little for him to prove, mate. So little for him to prove. And, you know, good boy Bobby came out of Frackner form last time out. If you go back to the Ultima, you know, last season... Happy go lucky, bolted up at entry and would have been a graded horse. You know, you what if you whacked happy go lucky if he was fit in a race like this, I'd be wanting to take Chantry House on with him. You know, and maybe you just I've, don't like Chantry House. I don't dislike Chantry House. Yes, you it's, do. It's all it's all a price thing though, isn't it? It's all the price thing. He's priced up like he's already done it, and for me, he hasn't yet. He's, he could be capable of it, and he's a horse with a big, you know, with a, a big reputation. But to me, he's still a horse priced on reputation. You know, he, I, I, I don't want to be. I'm not dead against him. I, I'm not against the idea of Shantry House being a a good horse. But it was farcical he went off favourite for the King George because on 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 basic form terms, he was about the seventh best horse in the field. Uh. And again here, all right. I don't think you can say that as as unequivocally about the Cotswold, but he was gifted two Grade Ones last season. One of them he definitely would have been beaten by Espada Romain, who isn't a world beater. You know, the Marshy only beat Fusel Raffles, who's running in, in a handicap chase on Saturday. You know, he, he he beat the Stiff Breakaway first time up this season. It's it's not, it's not great form, and he's he's odds on to be a horse who never win, who never runs a bad race, and simply the bets who was second in a in a very good handicap against a really likable mare last time, giving her lumps of weight. So, I wanna I wanna take him on. I think I write is slightly more solid than simply the bets, just because simply the bets though I think he should stay. Not sure whether he will be quite at his A game over the trip. Whereas I know I right will be. Uh, he might just be able to underperform and win this. Shanty House would have to underperform, to be fair, for, uh, you know, severely for him to be absolutely battered. I'm not suggesting there's loads between them, but one's falls and one's, one's odds on. So, for me, it'd be, it'd be I right and, and fair play to Shanty House if he does go and win, and then I'll start saying he's, he's won a good race. But he hasn't yet. You've done a lot of Chantry House slagging there. I, I thought I would be nice. No. Not no. at all. I'm not slagging the horse. I have no issue with the horse. My issue is his price and form. D- d- do, you, do you think he has won a strong race yet? Do you think he has ever won a race as good as this? I don't think there's, there's that much difference. Um... I write off usual raffles off levels. I write every day. Well, maybe he's Marsh last year. I, I know Envoy fell. Beat Fusels, beat Asterian for lunch, beat Chamblou. 
Shamblin was given a brain dead ride by Skelton. Assyrian Falange. Falange. Fell at the last when lucky like he had a good chance in the King George. I don't think his form's as bad as as we make out to be, and and I've been quite quick to dispatch Chantry House, but uh, I'm willing to stick up for him here. Asterian Falange is a different horse this year, wasn't and was below his best at Cheltenham. Not even this year. What he did at Punchestown as well was brilliant back end of last season. But I I would happily be of the opinion that that the Asterian Falange that ran in the marsh last year was a well-below-par version. Mm. Fair. Because uh, an, an on-song Asterian Falange, on what we know about them subsequently, wins wouldn't that race, st- wouldn't stay on his feet. Well, yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. But the the Asterian Falange that turned up in the King George, the Asterian Falange that turned up in the John Durkin, and very possibly the one that turned up in Punchestown, all three of them would have beaten the Chantry House that won the um, Mild May. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, so I'm 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 happier to believe there that that was a Asterian Falange underperforming than Chantry House beating an A game Asterian Falange. In which case he should be twos on. Uh, it's a really, it is a really, really intriguing race, and this is the acid test of Chantel. Because what do you, what do you, I mean, I, I assume he's still running the Gold Cup if he gets beat, but it's a. But he won't. Very, but it's very much a bubble burst. Uh, only other thing I mentioned: would you enter Santini in the national? Yes, I would as well. I think it'll be hilarious. I'd enter him in a half marathon or something like that. <laughs> great, great, North, great North Run is that still available? London marathon. Someone asked me this today, a genuine question. <laughs> uh, non-racing fan, uh, could a could a could an actual horse run in a proper human marathon? And the horses <laughs> are, and the proper and the and the horses are nominated were uh, Santini, Paisley Park, and uh, Elegant Escape. I reckon they could do it. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll go to the time form, boys, and, and we'll come back with some figures for you. Definitely, please. Can we enter them in the London, uh, the London National, but not the race, the actual London National? The actual London? The, do, you mean, the, do you mean the London Marathon? That's the word. <laughs> just a complete brain fart there. <laughs> oh Christ! Uh, I like Windsor Cotswolds for me. Chantry House and and, and just. Let me just give me a head a little wobble. Santini to finish second. <laughs> the man's gone mental. Uh, at 305, it's the Cleve Hurdle. Uh, champ is 8 to 15 to beat Paisley Park at 9 to 2. Same price, but fabulous. Liz Nagard, Oscar 25. Dandy Mad, 50 to 1. You, you Paisley Park's biggest fan, Jim, but surely you aren't going to take Champ on with me are you? Well, I think Champ just wins. It's pretty simple. Uh, and everyone's been going, oh, well, I've got Champ doing the stairs hurdle today after Classical Dream uh, was disappointed. And, and it's easy in hindsight, but Champ's got to go and do it first against McFabulous, Paisley Park, and uh, two former winners as, as well. Um, so I, I think he should win. And, and on that performance beating time, he should win. Um, which champ gets out of bed I don't know um, but at 1-2 to two, he's not a price I want to be lumping in on especially with Paisley Park who may, may just take a few runs now to get going um, and I, I don't think he's a, he's a stupid price I think you can get 25-1 to one, uh, to win the stayers I don't think that's a that's a ridiculous price for a race that could have a lot of pace and tempo to it at Cheltenham um, I think 25 Paisley for the stairs is, is, a, is slightly insulting um, but back to this race McFabulous was slightly disappointing last time um, he's been slightly disappointing overall really and, and he's not, never really kicked on um, so I, I think that Champ should have the beating of McFabulous here and, and Paisley Park and at this sharp price, he's not something that interests me very much. 
Uh, yeah, I'd kind of agree. I don't think I'll have a bet in it, but Champ should win this. Uh, only thing I'd, I'd disagree with you on, Jim, is that I know you said I don't know, you don't know which side of the bed Champ will wake up on. I don't think it's ever been temperament with him. I think it's always been physical rather than mental. You know, I, I, I don't think he's a an untrustworthy horse in terms of in terms of mindset or being being a bottler, you know, or being being awkward. I I just he's he's had problems and they were so evident in how he ran last year and to a degree the fact that he can't jump a fence properly. Uh, repeat of what he does last last time he'll win this. Paisley Park should get closer. Possibly because the hill does play to his strengths, but he'll be off the bridle a mile out. Uh, I really like McFabulous, and I thought they were going chasing with him this season. He needs to improve on his well-keeled run if he's going to win this. Liz Nagaroska's been bad for a while, and Dandy Mag is out of his depth. Champs 2 was on, and that's the right price for him. It's, it's the right price, but I'm not going anywhere near it. No, I mean, no, and I, I and mean, I and I refuse to back him to win the stairs hurdle, and I will happily cheer when he gets beat at Cheltenham. I think he wins it. He doesn't. He doesn't. I, I I will find another angle, and I will find something else. By by March, I will hopefully have something that will will be able to beat him. I'm I'm I've been fuming today, me to be fair, because. I have always, for the last, well, all season, especially after last time, I've, I've been wanting to take Classical Dream on in the stairs. I've been wanting to find an alternative. I would never have backed him. I'd have backed Florian Potter and Champ over, over, over Classical Dream. And I'm not seeing the market now after he's been done in today. But I'm a bit like, oh, my value's gone, probably. No, I, I can't. Have, I don't. I don't like an awful lot in this day, and and that's unlike me. Hence, why I've I've said that twenty five is about Paisley is an insult. I can I can see what you mean. I can see what you mean. Uh, the classic novices hurdle is a Grade Two at three forty. Uh, they currently bet here seven to four. Balco Coastal and Hillcrest Giant Falls six as North Lodge nine's a different kind tens Picanha. And twenty-five to one, Harper's Brook. I'll, I'll start with this, Jim, because when I saw the the declarations, my initial thought was right. Hillcrest will be fav, and I want to get him beat with Balco Coastal. But now the fact that the Giant Favs, I'm a little bit like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just rewind this. Why is Balco Coastal going to beat Hillcrest? Hillcrest beat a. Beat a messy horse last time, didn't they? You know, I'd, because of the reputation I am Maximus had, has and kind of how gawky and and babyish he was, to me it was a sort of format smack to me of possibly being overrated. You know what I mean? Because he beat a horse with a reputation. No, this is this isn't. Again, this is a prize thing, Jim. This isn't me saying I don't like Hillcrest as a prospect, but he'll clearly. Be better over fences. He's clearly probably going to be a bit, a little bit uh, less the finished article than something a bit nippier like Balco Coastal, you know. And given the fact that he beat a horse with a big reputation last time out, the horse he beat, Iron Maximus, did not have a clue what he was doing, you know. So whether whether that forms, but neither did Hillcrest. Hillcrest didn't have a clue what he was doing. He was hanging. He was. His head wasn't even facing the right direction. He was just laughing at Iron Maximus because he's far superior. And he'll do exactly the same here against Balcor Coastal. Is, is, he, is he just not going to end up being slow, a bit slow? He, he quite clearly showed he wasn't slow last time. And God, there was a bit of anger in that voice then. <laughs> um, and I, I don't think in any of his starts... He's he's looks very slight, very slow. He, he's stayed on strongly, but he's used his pace coming around the bend to kick on a bit with the others. And I am Maximus, who you defy as the uh, quicker horse, has gone with him. And Hillcrest hasn't been found out for pace. He's 
carried on the gallop and, and stayed on with Iron Maximus. And then he's, if anything, sprinted away towards the line. I, I think I really, really like Hillcrest as a, as a horse in general. I think I think Henry Daly's done an excellent job with him. He's obviously a big backwards sort who's taken an awful lot of time to get to get sorted and stuff. And, and, and when he when he has that that entry form, I think he's red hot. I, I, Our Jet is an, who was a horse I tipped up the other week. He was a very nice horse who was in behind Hillcrest at entry. Lime Tree Boys won a nice race at Weatherby today. Um, and his form form from that race, I think, is is really solid. Um, he was very very impressive at Weatherby. All a bit the horse that he had to beat was withdrawn at the start. Never never ever in danger. Galloped him into submission. A lovely performance. And then last time that 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 performance just showed that all that experience was just gained. And then he was finally kicking on with it and flourishing with it. I I think Hillcrest is a very very nice horse and. Um, He's got the entry in the Ballymore and the Albert Bartlett. I I wouldn't run him in the uh, Albert Bartlett. I think he's he's quicker than people think. I think because of his silks and his size, people think that he's a lot slower than what he is. And we can re- replay this when he's running in nationals in years to come. But I think he's a lot quicker than what he's actually shown so far. Um, I think Balco Coastal. I wasn't necessarily impressed with what he did last year, last time out. I know the 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 second has come out and won since, but I'm not exactly all for that. Um, his form of that Huntingdon race is is pretty poor. Uh, I know Gentleman at Arms who was who was in behind ran uh, in that flat race Grade Two that was full of flat track bullies, and <laughs> I don't think that form will be any good. Um, he, he was impressive in that bumper uh, at Kempton. I I I think that Balco Coast was a little bit overrated. Um, North Lodge won an, a race at Aintree, beating some two nice horses. Um, I think that I think the second might have been lame in the end, and Richmond Lake has finished second behind John Bond and and what didn't disgrace himself last time. Um, so I think North Lodge brings some nice form into it. I'd probably have North Lodge over Balco Coastal if I'm being brutally honest, and pick an as a horse who I was hoping was running early and possibly in slightly easier company, um, maybe in a handicap or something. But beat Kintara, um, my turf sort horse to follow who needs to learn to jump. Uh, our Jet was in there as well, who I previously mentioned with that Aintree form, and so was Lime Tree Boy who fell and who was going well. So I think picking our um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be all down on him either at twelves. I think he's a decent price, um, and I'd like them to go to the to the Albert Bartlett with him. He's a horse who I think will stay strongly uh, in time, and uh, he's a horse who I've got a, a bit of time for. But and the different kinds, and, and also a nice prospect. But I think this is a nice race. I think Hillcrest is the best in it. He, yes, he carries the penalty, but yes, he's good enough to do it. Balco Coastal, I'll, I'd have third favourite for me. Oh, fair enough, Jim, and you know what, I can't really argue much with anything you said there. When you said that, I wanted to kind of come back at you and uh, and probably put Balco Coastal in my nap compound of spite. <laughs> <laughs> but everything you've said makes sense. Uh, I've only just realised as well, Hillcrest's out of shop DJ. Do you remember yeah. her? Yeah, I do. Belting mare. She uh, was. So I like him now. I liked him before and he's a horse I've got a lot of time for going forward you know he, he's, a, he's a big staying chaser unit of a creature they're the exact horses I fall in love with but it, it was just kind of half my thought that right because he's beaten our reputation horse last time out and he shapes like he might be a, well he, he will definitely be a three miler that Balco Coastal who looked very quick in winning a, a, a Kempton bumper last time, might be able to outspeed him. I was expecting there to be more differential in the price there is, and I'm going to, I won't have a bet in this. I, well, yeah, there's no chance I'll have a bet in this, because I don't really have a strong enough opinion. You know, my, my thinking around around it was kind of on the basis that Hillcrest would be much shorter than Balco Coastal, and they aren't. Uh, which leaves me uh, with very little to say, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I did an awful lot of talking to be fair. Um that Iron Maximus form over hurdles first time out isn't too bad either. JPR one was in front of him. Luttrell Lad who ran well in the Persian War. Triple Trade won at Lingfield the other Sunday. Um 
I I I think Hillcrest is is bordering on a good thing if I'm being honest. I like that. I like the bullishness. Come on, Hillcrest. I'll I'll cheer you on there, Jim. Make me the case you've made. You everything you said made sense. Uh, moving away from Cheltenham, Jim, unless you want to give a a quick mention to in the bumper. Um, Mistral Nell is a horse who I was really impressed with. Uh, at Fakenham last time. The, the race might not necessarily be anything special, but bounce back and run well on debut at Weatherby um, behind a nice horse of the Honeyballs. Um, and she, Gavin, you was in that race as well, who's, who's also here. But Mistral Nell knew a job last time out. Fakenham's sharp track turning. Uh, this is the complete opposite, but I was really impressed with how she knew her job and how she was on the beat. And uh, Lucy Wadham's horse has been running really well and she had a winner today at Weatherby. Um, in Coleman Book to ride, I think Mr. Nell will go well. Um, that just, just for my own amusement, please can you try and say the name of the Mullins horse? Uh, Nos Nagoch. Brilliant. I don't think that's that bad. I don't have a clue either, mate. I don't have a clue either, and it's probably closer than what I'd have come up with. But I thought that was worth worth a try. Uh, over to Donny Jim. We don't have prices for the Lightning Novices Chase, but third time lucky versus for pleasure. Do your job in there as well has the potential to be hilarious. Yeah, I, I think it'd be great for pleasure. Third time lucky taking each other on, battling up the the whole straight of town more and do your job just sat in behind on the bridle. Uh, Matt Rennie served our horse to follow, who's been full of credit this season. To be fair, he's, he's not run too badly in all his starts and was second in that uh, wayward lad last time. I know he was beating a fair amount of distance, um, but I think he's the horse I'd be backing here. Uh, if I had to have a bet, I'd be interested to see how the market opens up. I presume third time lucky will be favourite. He'll so probably be on John, I assume. So I will be looking to take him on. Uh, I really, really like for pleasure, and third time lucky is a sort of horse that I always, I always kind of want to get beat. You know, everyone who, everyone who listened to the podcast last year will know I had no time for him at all. As an obvious heard my thought he was utterly tripless. Uh, Actually, actually began to like him at the start of start of this season, but again, we were both with Edward Stone over him in the Henry VIII, although I don't think third time he got much assistance from the saddle that time once again, with Skelton going off far too hard. Uh, that half worries me from a third time lucky point of view. Is he is Skelton going to try and, you know, it would be the brain dead thing to do, but it wouldn't have been the first time that Skelton has you know, gone off far too hard on a horse for for no apparent reason. And there is a reason in, in with this one because for pleasure does the same thing. Whether, yeah. they, whether they draw themselves into a battle and I assume that's where your line of thinking with do your job is surely surely one of Skelton and Bannister has a brain. But for pleasure can't be controlled. That's the thing. He that's has true. his own way of going. Catch me if he can. Like I maybe third time lucky can settle a bit better and and probably should sit behind for pleasure but for pleasure we'll just go out and absolutely batter all the hurt fences and say catch me if you can um, Bannister is very very good from the front uh, but this horse is, is difficult to manage from the front doesn't even settle um, just loves to go forward and, and run his race and I think that'll set you up to do your job if, if third time lucky doesn't get it right yeah, I, I think I'm kidding to myself, really, if I if I try to make the case that I think for pleasure is a superior horse to third time lucky overall, as much as I like him and he's one of the most fun horses in training. Uh, third time lucky probably just wins all. Would you be surprised if your Job's priced up as a third fab here? I would. I wouldn't be surprised, no, because Which I, would I... make him of interest to me because. For a brief moment, he looked like he was having Edward Stone in trouble. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, his runs this year haven't been that bad. I, I know um, he won the race that for pleasure fell in. Um, and I'd be interested to see how the market price him up. If you can get three, three to one about do your job, I'll be very, very happy with that. This might be my favourite free runner novice chase ever. <laughs> ever. Come racing. It looks brilliant on paper. I can't wait for that. That's the race of the weekend. 
I say I'm not going to have a selection until I see Price's third time lucky the likely to win it off, but he probably will be odds on. Uh, I wonder who Jim's going to pick in the Yorkshire Rose Mare's Hurdle. Uh, Miranda, what a mare. She is fav. Odds on fav. She is, and rightly so, in a race that is very, very poor. Uh, and in comparison to last year when she absolutely spanked Floressa, uh, Marie's Rock and Irish Raw, um, nothing of the quality this year unless Western Victory decides to put a brain in gear and, and run better than what she did at the weekend, stepping down a full mile. Oh, so did you not see what Western Victory did at Ascot, Jim? Over two, over two miles she'd have won it. She would. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, I think the only worry for Miranda for me will be the ground. Um, she likes a bit of dig underfoot, um, not too much, but not too little. Um, and ten to eleven is is understandable. Um, last time out at Ludlow, she had a little uh, sort of just never seen before, like she'd ever wanted to do it before, but just a little bit of a refusal to start. Um, just whipped round at the start, and Angus Chalida wasn't really facing the right way, and um, she had to gain a fair amount of of uh, distance between the, the well, setting off and, and the first furlong and she soon caught up and cruised into the race Angus Toledo all action in the saddle and um, just got home late on uh, to beat Voice of Calm who has since come out and won at Newbury in a handicap hurdle so the form is, is solid um, she's the best horse in the race she bumped into Molly Ollie's wishes, who won the Grade Two at the weekend last time out. She beat Marie's Rock last time uh, at Weatherby as well, who went and won on Boxing Day. She's the best horse in the race. She's an outstanding mare, and she's going to win. Fill your boots, boys and girls, with uh, Miranda and Hillcrest in a double. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Do you have any opinion on the River Donjim, uh a race for young boats? Unanswered prayers is 11 to 4. My Bobby Dazzler 9 to 2. Mile Mission and not at present 6. As Bridge North 13 to 2. Cobain Boy 15 to 2. The real whacker. <laughs> and so on. Uh, you seem to have a lot of satisfaction saying that. <laughs> That's a brilliant name, isn't it? You've got, you've got, to, you've got to fully, fully sell it. You've got, oh, to pronounce, whacker. you've got to pronounce the H. The real whacker. <laughs> Uh, go on, Jim. Who do you fancy? Who do you fancy here, if, if anything at all? I might just put the real whacker up because I like his name. <laughs> um, we talk about this is a proper boat race. Um, Bridge North looked very, very boaty last time at, at Ludlow in that maiden hurdle beating Phantom Getaway. Um, Richard Patrick was all all action in the saddle on him, and, and he needed every ounce of the ground to. Uh, win that day so a race like this would be something that would be up his street and I, I think he could be competitive at a bigger price um, second to Green Book who technically won uh, the Lanzarote um, <laughs> so his, his form his book's not, not that bad and uh, into a grade two here that's never normally a strong one I, I think um, Henry Daly could have a decent day um, especially with Bridge North in this but unanswered prayers the favourite is a horse who um, was very, 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 very close to being in my turf top 12 to follow. And, and sadly, um, we, we put a horse who can't jump in instead. Um, I really like what he did to Jet Plane at Utoxeter. Uh, and at the time, I thought that might turn out to be decent form. He was disqualified in a race against Blue Stello, uh, who had won, uh, been second in a point to point. Um, and I thought it was a, a, a poor decision for uh, the BHA to, to chuck him out of that. Unanswered prayers was then second to a stage star by seven and a half length, who has been really, really impressive in what he's done so far. Um, uh, winning the cello, um, so seven and a half lengths behind a grade one winner. Uh, I know it's a grade one novice. Um, and then last time, put Flemontide in his, in his place, a horse who is quite tricky under pressure and uh, a big horse who would take some manoeuvring, but unanswered prayers, cruised into the race, hit a little bit of a flat spot and then kicked on again uh, and won comfortably in the end. And that's the first time I thought the step up to three miles will be needed for unanswered prayers. And he's a horse who has come from point to point, 
some nice form, but nothing special. Um, ran very nicely on debut. I, I remember originally um, in a bumper at Kempton off the top of my head. Um, but he's a horse who I think is going places, and uh, I can understand why he's eleven to four favourite in a race that is pretty disappointing. But unanswered prayers and Bridge North are the, are the two horses who I like, uh, and I hope the real Wacker runs well just because of his name. <laughs> I hope he runs every week, mate. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, I'm I'm thinking along the same lines as usually. My initial reaction to this was uh, Bridgenorth, who looks every inch the stayer, does he not? Uh, like you said, the the form behind Green Book is probably going to work out to be very good off the mark last time out. Surely will be better horse over three miles. This isn't the sort of race I'll have a bet in because I find staying obvious hurdles. This early in the season, generally to be generally quite messy, you know. I, I don't think there's anything of real quality in this, uh, but at the price of bridging off took a bit of interest. Oh, I'd leave it. I'd leave it uh, alone. Yeah. From a betting point of view, myself, I won't leave alone the big race at Donny on the weekend, though the Sky Bet Chase. Uh, they currently bet Fusel Raffles five to one. Fusel Raffles shanty house double to make me look thick. Uh, Captain R sixes eight DBC and Cap Cross elevens Demachin twelves Midnight Shadow fourteens Gronson C and Canelo sixteens Cloudy Glen and then twenty to one bar them. Jim really competitive. This who do you fancy? I think we will be both on the sameish lines here. Um, a dear machine's a horse who we both enjoyed and think there's a nice handicap in him somewhere. Um, unseated very, very early on. Um, I think maybe at the first at Ludlow last time. Um, but ran a, ran a good fifth in the Labrooks Trophy. Um, stayed on strongly. A few errors, uh, throughout the race didn't really help, but, um, an unseat early on last time was probably not ideal. And, um, coming into this, I, I think, he's more progressive than a fair few amount in this. And uh, Kevin Brogan's £3 claim, which was shown to great effect last weekend with Phoenix Way, um, will be used very well here. And and you asked me before this, what price is their machine? And I was also very surprised to see that you can get a bit of 10 to 1 around about him. Um, got good back form, won that nice limited uh, novice chase at Ascot. Was second to remastered, who wasn't disgraced in the Peter Marsh last week in the Reynolds down. Um, I think he's. I think there's a nice staying chase in him somewhere, and ten to one is, is a serious amount of value in a competitive race. And it's nice to see the sky bet um, so fulfilled and and a, a solid field and a solid look to it. Yeah, this is a proper race this year. Uh, look, you've 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 kind of read me mind a bit. I, I don't understand why Demachine is is such a big price. There's even elevens about him with sky bet. Uh, most progressive last year, finishing runner-up to, rem- uh, to remastered. I was going to say Remachine then. Uh, <laughs> Remachine in the Reynolds Town. Uh, yeah, finishing second to remastered in the Reynolds Town at Ascot. Before that, he worked his way up through some competitive handicaps. You know, some of the horses he were beating back end of last season uh, have been have been performing well this year. The likes of Hold That Tart, who he beat. I ask it, you know, third behind Paint the Dream and, and Dickie Diver as well at Newbury over Christmas. That looks like good form now. You know, Paint the Dream's rated in the 150s nowadays. Dickie Diver, obviously, no one, no one knows where he is. But there's <laughs> clearly a, a horse in there. Can uh, we send a search party out to find Dickie Diver? Yeah. He's been he's been in the national he's been favourite anti post favourite for the national chase about five years in a row. Getting <laughs> uh, on the missing persons list. Yeah, bless him, Dicky Dodger. Uh, but he, he, he's clearly a good horse. The Reynolds Town. He also had Kaluki behind him, who's now rated higher than Demachine. Uh, I know the Ladbrokes Trophy ended up finishing quite well, strung out. I don't really care. Any horse, to me, that runs fifth in the Ladbrokes Trophy has run an all-right race, mm-hmm. given how competitive, given how primed every horse should be for that. 
you know, and given how many tend to be quite well handicapped, you know, coming out of novice seasons, I think that was a good race. Patrick shouldn't have fallen off him last time out at Ludlow. Um, uh, Brogan takes a ride this time. Like, could you have? Could you have stayed on? Oh, I think most people should have. Jim, it was bad. It was bad. I'm not one to sweat jockeys, but that was a soft unseat. I think I'd have fallen off. I think David Maxwell is ten times the jockey that I would ever have been. Yeah, but I'm good at pogo stick, so I can balance well. <laughs> That was the oddest comparison ever. It's true. You've seen me go upstairs with no hands. <laughs> Fucking fantastic to watch. Uh, anyway, back, back to the point. Look, we don't know what we were going to do last time out. He was favourite for a class three at Ludlow that he just sneaked into the top top off. Uh, and it was a, it was a soft one. See, I, I wouldn't be worried about that happening again because it shouldn't have happened. Uh, I see no. I, I just don't understand why he's why he's eleven. Maybe. I mean, look, it's a strong race. The likes of Captain Noor, who hasn't quite been firing this year. You know, Fusil Raffles towards the top of the betting. I, I understand why Fusil Raffles is favourite. I get that. Captain Noor's fallen down the weights. I, I need to see more of a... Uh, more of a spark, really, I think, from him to be back in. DBC is an interesting one, because... He ran, he ran better than he has done for a long time back in the last season at Sandown behind Fortescue and he looked, you know, in his youth like he was on his way to being quite a nice staying handicap chaser but this is a tough, a tough starting point for his season. Cap course won the Peter O'Sullivan last time out, uh, quite rarely seen nowadays. He's up to, what, 139, up £8 from winning the Peter O'Sullivan. Needs to prove he stays three miles. I can see him getting the three. I can see him getting the three, but I guess he's another another slight question mark for him there. I think Demachine is on a fair mark. We definitely know he stays, and he's got he's got form that lends itself well to races like this. I don't understand why he's a double figure price, uh, and he's my nap for the weekend. Well, you'll certainly you'll certainly need this nap to come in because just uh, interrupt this podcast. Um, Fernie Hollow's up to sevens in the Arkle on Betfair. Oh hell. There's a oh, fair God. amount of there's a fair amount of anti post slips being ripped up in the Watson household as we speak. I replaced Jim, I replaced <laughs> all of my appreciated for the Arkle four or five timers. All of them all of the others go well. All of them are the likes of Honeysuckle in the champion hurdle, obviously, Bob Oliver in the Turners. Uh Fishkin to win the champion chase. Alaho to win the Ryanair. I think some of them include Concertista to win the Mare's chase. Uh, <laughs> and when Appreciate It got injured, who I had to win the Arkle, I thought, right, I'll just I'll just whack three bets on the exact same thing, but put Fernie Hollow in instead. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, one of the most unluckiest man ever. Uh, anti-post tipping is you. I've luckily only got him in one, so that's not necessarily the end of the world. Oh, uh, uh, no. I hope you're lying, Jim. I hope your information's wrong. Uh, it's definitely sevens on Betfair. I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, that can be... Especially with the boys. Oh, to be fair, Cole Reavy was about like 500 to one on Betfair for a bit last year. Something ridiculous when the whole rumour came around that she was just going to go to Limerick. <laughs> because Ru- Ruby forgot to mention her on Road to Cheltenham. <laughs> Maybe he might do the same this week. Yeah. Oh, no. I hope that, I hope, I hope that's just uh, Miss Dodds. I'll be fuming if they did. I love my free bets. I could have saved them for something else. <laughs> uh, before we go, Jim... I don't really think there's any point discussing it because, again, no prices, but the Solarina Mayor's Novices Hurdle at Fairy House is a right race with the likes of Brandy Love, Gonji, Allegory de Vasse, Party Central all in there. And there's the Limestone Lad at Nace on Sunday uh, with the likes of Petit Mouchoir uh, in there as well against Saint Felicien. 
And there's a, a very, very tidy grade-free novice chase at Nace as well. If everything turns up, that'll be a fascinating run-wild thread in there for Oak Delen, Fury Road, uh, Statler, On Beton, Vanillier. Proper race. <laughs> Any three of those lot make it make it good fun. Uh, anything else you'd like to say before we ask for your naps? No, I think that's everything, if I'm being honest. Go on then, I'll ask for your naps. Uh, my nap, can it be a double? Um, the Miranda Hillcrest double. I'm pretty adamant them two will win. Um, and I'll be very disappointed if they aren't. Uh, my next best will be Unanswered Prayers. I think he's a very nice horse. Um, and my next, uh, my third best will be De Machine. Uh, my nap is going to be De Machine. Next best, ICO. Third best, Oscar Elite. He's a, he's a machine then, isn't he? he? He's certain to win. Yeah, oh, I've just I've just got my wires crossed, Jim. Sorry, I thought I thought he meant they were bringing Fahin out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they replaced Fernie Hollow with Fahin to win the uh, to win the Arthur. Yeah, uh, I've enjoyed that, Jim. It's been it's been a good chat with you, and it's quite a good card. A bit of something for everyone this weekend. Yeah, very much agree. Um, probably not the quality of last weekend. Um, but certainly an exciting one, and hopefully we've we've, keep, we've been doing it all right last couple of weeks in the nap comp. So hopefully that continues, and, and and the good farm does. Yeah, hopefully we can keep it up. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Thanks to rating the races for their support. Take care, and we'll see you all again next week. See you soon. Stay safe.